Hashtag you don't have to be Jewish. It is 7.22. I'm Howard Feldman. Good morning. It's Wednesday, which means we get to speak to Dr. Carl. He is our science communicator and popularizer. We chat to him every Wednesday at this time, and we answer some burning science questions. So here's one. Good morning, Dr. Carl. How are you, firstly? Ahoy. Very well, thank you. <laughs> well, thank you as well. Right, so some people we know uh, can get affected by SARS-CoV-2 and have no symptoms. But apparently we're starting to understand why this is the case. Tell us more. Yeah, so it turns out that about 20% of people can get infected with uh, the virus, SARS-CoV-2, but will have no symptoms. However... During the time that they are infected and have no symptoms, they can pass the disease onto other people and kill them, but they have no symptoms. And then afterwards, the virus is removed from their body. Right. So uh, this is a difficult thing to work out because you've got to have a look at the immune system, and it's difficult to have a look at the immune system of a person without spending a lot of time and money mapping their DNA. As it turns out, in the USA, there are about... 2,000 people in a group who have had their DNA's immune system mapped specifically because either they need a transplant of bone marrow or they're happy to give a transplant of bone marrow. Right. So there's about 2 million of these people. So the investigators thought, well, they've had their immune system uh, mapped. So, by the way, you've heard of chromosomes in the DNA and the genes? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So it turns out that there's about 23 pairs, and the short arm of chromosome 6, that's got a bit of the immune system called HLA, human leukocytic antigen. Don't worry about what it means, but that's where it is. So they then sent out texts to all of these people saying please you know, contact us if you want to join the survey. And they had a few thousand come in, and then they ended up only picking about 1,400 people of white Caucasian, simply because that was the only big sample size they had out of a couple of million. Right. There were some African-based people and Chinese and Polynesian and Australian indigenous, but basically they could only check white people. So already we're looking at a fairly no. sort of select mm-hmm. group. Mm-hmm. And out of the 1,400 people who... Uh, had been infected with uh, SARS-CoV-2, um, they found about 10% who knew that they had been infected because they went through the test and it came up uh, positive, but they had no symptoms. So all of these, so all, all those people had no symptoms. About 10% of them had a part of the DNA slightly different from everybody else. They had a variation in their DNA with regard to their immune system so that when a cell, say a lung cell, got mm-hmm. attacked by the virus, that lung cell would then make immune system cells that would grab the, would make proteins that would grab the virus and put it on the outside of the cell, like a little flag saying, here I am, I'm infected. And then separately, the rest of the immune system would say, oh, there's something over there, and then go and destroy it. Right. So these people have a mutation whereby if one of their cells is infected, with the virus, the cells then flag themselves for attention and get taken out of circulation. So these people can get infected, actually briefly carry the virus for a while and infect somebody, and then it goes away and they never had any symptoms and they wouldn't know unless they'd done such a clever test of looking at the DNA or or picking the sample size of these people. So we found roughly half 
Mm. The reason why half of the people who get infected have no symptoms, that's 10%. There's another 10%, you know, adding up to 20% of the population, there's another 10% who can get infected and have no symptoms. We haven't yet worked out what's happening with them. So is there a way to harness this knowledge? Because obviously if we can try and find out why these people are asymptomatic and don't get ill from it, then then it really could uh, take us down a path of co- a completely different style of treatment. Yes. So we could, for example, um, activate or install in their DNA with a bit of genetic uh, modification, we could actually install stuff in their DNA that would be the modification. It's called um, HLA6-B15, if you're interested. And so we could actually install this, and that would mean you'd be immune to COVID. But it turns out that in other cases, it might make you more susceptible to other diseases. There's nothing simple about the human body. Everything's got swings and roundabouts. Absolutely fascinating. The other things, talking about the human body, is that we used to use ultrasounds pretty much as a diagnostic tool. Now it would appear as though we can use ultrasound for treatment as well. So I know about that with kidney stones, for example. I think they use ultrasound, don't they? Yeah, like the, the way to think about it is to think about a bicycle wheel with, say, a hundred spokes, mm-hmm. and all the spokes have a little bit on the rim, and then they just go directly towards the centre. Well, imagine that each spoke at, on the rim is actually a little ultrasound machine that puts out a, a focused beam of uh, ultrasound specifically aimed towards the centre. Well, just in the body of the wheel where the spokes are, there's not, not that much ultrasound. But where all the 100 beams cross, then you've got a lot of ultrasound energy confined to an area maybe a centimetre mm-hmm. across, three centimetres, maybe a millimetre, depending on how you go. And so people started using this way back in the 60s and then started moving it on to um, fixing up kidney stones, actually blasting the, the kidney stones into tiny rubble. And then in the early 60s started zapping the brain to treat symptoms associated with Parkinson's disease mm-hmm. and then destroying cancerous tumours in eye surgery for uh, attacking various bone nerve problems that can cause back pain um, and also destroying fat under the skin and also getting rid of wrinkles by Zapping the layer of skin underneath the epidermis, just the dermis, it goes through a bit of a wound reaction and then heals, and as it heals, it tightens so it can get rid of the um, skin wrinkles. Also on parts of the brain, they're trying to use it to deal with depression and also something in the human body called the blood-brain barrier. Mm-hmm. Now, it turns out that if I give you a drug, uh, aspirin, whatever, it'll travel everywhere in your body, but in general... 98% of drugs will not make it into the brain. They'll make it into the liver and the lungs and the heart, but not the brain because there's a specific kind of barrier around the blood cells called the blood-brain barrier. And you can have the drug like a millimeter from where you want it, but it can't get across this barrier. But if you get a bunch of ultrasound, you can temporarily break down the blood-brain barrier just in that tiny part of the brain and the drug can get across. Now, at the moment, 
we're in the early days where right. people are just trying to see what they can do with it. Then it'll turn into people claiming that it can cure sunstroke, syphilis, varicose veins, and, and bad handwriting. Please give money to my company. And then eventually it'll settle back into it's good for some things, but not others. So now we're, you, you'll see over the next few years building up and people say, oh, buy, buy this ultrasound stuff. It'll get rid of your wrinkles. And there's a small amount of truth in that. Dr. Carl, thank you. As always, it has gone 7.30. I'm Howard Feldman. Good morning.